Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. I'm Dan Oliveskario, one of your four <gasps> co-hosts today. And welcome to our Halloween episode. Yay! Yay! Yay. I put in like a Yay. little scream here, like a stock footage scream. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the Wilhelm scream? Like, we should have that assigned to one of your Everybody buttons. has a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm Trevor Key Zombie. Uh, I'm a super chub, and I'm, I'm ready for Halloween, even though it's not like real Halloween. It's... Quarantine Halloween. Quarant Halloween Halloween Halloween. Quarantinoween. Yes, Quarantinoween. My name is Michael Killer, and I am a chaser, <laughs> and I am ready. I'm super ready for Halloween. I got my costume, and we're all dressing up here, and we're gonna do our own. Like we're gonna do our best. It's it, we we got Halloween on a Saturday this year. We got Halloween I know. on a Saturday. It's the it's a that's the moon. biggest loss. It's a it's a mm. blood Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll get another in seven years. <sighs> <laughs> My name is Don Marsh Hell, and uh, <laughs> I'm a big chubby guy living here in Hollywood, and I went trick-or-treating already, and I got a rock. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> found, you you found mine. That's great. Thanks. I'll, I'll be able to pick it up. And now I don't even have a rock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Happy Halloween, Ooh. everybody. Yay. It's, Happy it's Halloween. scary this week, but get, it's going to be even scarier next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, think Halloween has been canceled. It hasn't. It's just been postponed till Election Day. Yes. Uh, fine. Uh -huh. um, yeah. It's Hold on spooky. to your butts. Uh, we have some spooky Santa Ana winds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, today, which it's so nice out, uh, it's so cool. Let us know what happens by Wednesday, listener. <laughs> 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 so, how's everybody doing? I have ex I have exciting stuff to talk about, but I don't want to do. I don't want to go first. I don't want to take the spotlight. Unless, unless you know, Michael, at me. I you wonder if you have some exciting spotlight. stuff. To, yeah, exactly. I wonder if you have some exciting stuff to talk about, Michael. <laughs> why? Why? Yes, I do. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> Stop vibrating now, <laughs> <laughs> guys! 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 Um, so Don and I have been working on a short film with a couple of our friends, and uh, we've been working very diligently to try and have it done by Halloween because it is a spooky, scary short film. Um, is our first horror short? We, it's our first horror short, surprisingly, even though we love horror movies. Uh, it's the first attempt at a horror short. And I am so happy because the first couple of days of shooting were a couple of weeks ago and it went great. And there's a lot of sort of technical elements to it. Um, and I don't want to spoil the story too much because there are some twists and turns along the way. Um, but suffice it to say, uh, the Karens are taking over and it's not. Oh, going no. Well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, well, I think we should dive on into our pop culture segment which appropriately is extra spooky because it's kind of all body horror related <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> well, the um, usual yes uh so i thought i would start with the most like kind of bummer but also kind of you know it's it's spooky to me um <laughs> i found this out from a uh, a colleague um last week that uh in the wall street journal there was an article about patients seeking surgery to combat uh major COVID risk factor, obesity, thunderclap. Uh, the, the twist in this uh, tale of terror is that people are getting uh, weight loss surgery. To combat COVID. Yes. Um, wow. wow. And it's- Oh my God. It's, I mean, it's the same thing that we've seen since March going back and forth. Like obesity is going to kill you because of COVID. And then people are like, oh, actually, no, it's like a far more complex issue than that. And they're like, no, but obesity. So one of the receptors that COVID oh. attacks is found in the lungs and in fat cells. And they interviewed a doctor who was like, well, because obese people have more fat cells, they're more susceptible to COVID. Yeah, except he didn't say it that way. He said yeah. it much more vaguely. But the, the what he's implying is that these receptor sites make you receptive to COVID and fat people have more of them because they're in fat cells. It's, it's a little dicey. There's the, I, I think the, what kills me about this is that surgery absolutely has risks and you, we could go on all day about the pros and cons of weight loss surgery. Uh, I have very strong opinions that I won't inflict on people, but the, the point is that that is such a obvious, wow, you know, getting cut open versus yeah. you might get COVID. Yeah, so that's uh, don't do it. I mean, they, we've been dealing they, with just the, don't the, do it. the news bummers with this. Can um, we uh, can we start a new segment called Trevor's Big Bummers? 
Yeah. Well, no. So this, <laughs> I believe the official one. term is the official term is Trevor's tragic tales. Yes. Um, <laughs> moving on with our body horror uh, news. So because of this alert, I found a very interesting article um, about uh, higher donor BMI tied to improved lungs lung transplant survival. Oh, so uh, if, the, so if the lungs came out of a fat a fat person, they have a better chance in the implanted patient. Yes, and so this study basically followed patients who received lung transplants, and they found that um, the higher the patients uh, whose lungs came from people with higher BMI had a higher rate of survival. And the speculation on this is like, oh well, um, the line that I'm seeing here is that the doctor said that. Although it is possible that the chronic hypoxic state associated with obesity may lead to advantages in lung harvested lungs harvested from obese people, additional studies are still needed to confirm. Yeah. So, it but the the data says a fifteen to twenty percent reduction in mortality in the first year. So, I mean, whatever the whatever the cause, uh, the result seems to be at least notable. Um, yeah, I, I, what bothers me is that the the speculation is, well, given that fat is evil and bad, how could that have a good result? And you see this a lot. It's a whole field called the obesity paradox where obesity is evil and bad, except we get these good results. Uh, there's higher survival rates for many things uh, uh, that obese patients undergo. So, but, but it's always, they're very careful to make sure that it's either, well, it must be an outlier or it must be because fat is so bad. Um, so uh, what do we have next? Scientists synthesized uh, this is from the best. pig fat. This is the most Trevor thing <laughs> I've Trevor, ever seen in my entire life. Where did you dig up this? Um, so this is kind of what sparked this body horror segment. <laughs> because <laughs> scientists have synthesized jawbones from pig fat. Um, and apparently, so jawbones are the hardest to replace in the body. A trial of a new technique in humans is about to begin. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I mean, this is not the first time. Um, this is the start of a horror movie. Pig, called pig, pig parts Man. have like, yeah, the, pig parts have been used in humans for a while now. Yeah. Um, but I just <laughs> uh, it's just what does that mean? They're like congealing pig fat into jawbones or they're using the what well, I don't the, the only thing it makes me think of is trevor has introduced me to this youtube video series where this person makes knives out of the most ridiculous material like a knife made out of milk and they have this elaborate process to harden the milk into something that's sturdy enough to cut with and i'm wondering if that's some sort of process whereby they take the fig fat pig fat they and turn it into something <laughs> that can masticate according to this article um they, the process was uh, they basically they grow replacement bones along with their joints from pig stem cells. So Where, where's the pig fat? Well, the, the stem I, cells I are harvested don't. from the pig fat. Oh, OK. And I mean, yeah. no, people aren't going to be like, oh, he, he, jawbone synthesized from stem cells from pig. Uh, it is a far <laughs> better click to say human jawbones made from pig fat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, it, it worked. On the plus side, everything I eat from now on is going to be delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, horror movie pitch for Michael's next horror movie: a pig man is ripping out the lungs of fat people Ooh. because their lungs yes. are better. Yeah, better. Well, isn't there's there's got to be something and don't pigs eat bodies? Like, isn't that a a, a yes. thing? Like, yeah, well, pigs will eat anything. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like the whole, I don't know, like pig jaw put into a person, but pigs eat bodies. So the person starts eating bodies. Like there's something there. I feel yeah. like you could workshop <laughs> this. Yeah. Pig man. And they're finding the people whose lungs they want to eat because <laughs> they're uh, using people who had weight loss surgery. It's it's all it, it's all coming together. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What's what's but going on in the world of Lizzo? So, <laughs> uh, spooky thunderclap before Lizzo music now. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago, I mentioned that uh, Lizzo is going to be on David Letterman's new show. Uh, that season mm -hmm. is out. 
Um, I Dan and I watched the episode this morning. It is fantastic. Oh, she's just wonderful. Mm. She's, and, it, and the interview is wonderful. Yes, it's a wonderful interview. So just one takeaway for me personally was uh, Lizzo also has wide feet and has custom shoes. Oh, um, like, like my baby. Well, no, like I mm. need. Um, <laughs> uh, which I just, uh, I it's wonderful. Um, she's really into crystals, which she kind of uh, shows um, David Letterman, her crystal collection, which is lovely. And um, my last note from that is this idea uh, Lizzo flute Christmas album. <laughs> um, I think Lizzo should make. Is a, that a thing that they're doing, or is that something that you want to see no, happen? No, it's a, it's in my pitch. So Lizzo, I know you listen. I know. <laughs> okay, you're out there somewhere <laughs> listening, somewhere in space and time. One of our devoted listeners. Yes. Release a Christmas <laughs> album of gentle flute music. Yes, that's what we need mm. now. <laughs> the first thing that came like to my it. mind was a video for Lizzo's flute version of Silent Night, where she's playing the flute and twerking all the way through it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I think of Silent Night, I think of twerking. Yeah. Yes. I could well, when it. you think of Lizzo doing Silent Night, you certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzo seeks to juice Biden's campaign in Michigan. Yes. Uh, so Lizzo went to her home state of Michigan to save us by... Um, I, I just love that headline, by the way. That is such a... I hope... Um, mm-hmm. it's Judy, Judy Kurtz from thehill.com is very proud of that headline just because I imagine <laughs> she wrote that and is like, good job. I'm going to, you get a glass She's of like, rosé tonight, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so obviously Michigan is a swing state. Lizzo went to campaign for him. Um, it was, she was in Detroit on Friday speaking at an event for him. Um, she has really been urging people to vote, make sure they're registered to vote, vote early. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as part of that, um, you can text Lizzo be voting one word to two, six, seven, nine, seven to make sure you're res- registered to vote, um, to confirm your polling location, to get reminders for all your elections moving forward. Mm-hmm. I presumably if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, may- maybe you've already voted. Maybe you're like, uh, Thank you, Michael and Trevor and Don and Dan. But I voted last week, so maybe you all need to vote, which I have news for you. All right, overachievers. We already voted, I think. I mean, I we already voted. I saw Michael I mailed voted. his thing this morning. Don voted. Dan and I Mine dropped like theirs a week off. Ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, hey. gentle listener, hey. take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, suck on that, sir. Yeah. Put that in or your ma'am. flute. <laughs> um... And uh, because it would not be a spooky Halloween episode without a spooky version of Strange Ass Pussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, uh, spooky sorry. Version of it would not be a pussy. spooky without a spooky Cold. version of <laughs> Wet Ass Pussy. <laughs> Called Strange Ass Pizza. A, it, is, it is a mashup of Stranger Things and Wet Ass Pussy. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> I like it. It's so vibey. It's like really dark. Like if you don't listen to the lyrics, it just, I mean, the Stranger Things theme has already got that dark synthy vibe, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, it's kind of like the Phantom of the Opera, like to the nth degree. Very good Halloween vibes. Uh, so put that, that'll come on your Halloween playlist right after Monster Mash. <laughs> it's the Monster Mash. Um, our main topic came up in... Everything is alligators, which I don't remember the episode number. Um, but we were discussing um, the creep show short skin crawlers. Oh, yeah. Which, um, where somebody starts using uh, eels harvested from the deepest sea uh, to help people lose weight, only to discover that the eels are taking them over. We're yes. using them to well, just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember because that. the. It's like, oh, they've never been studied by man, but they're isolated, blah, blah, blah. And then there's like a solar eclipse and they start exploding out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But um, those people whom they explode out of, they do not get COVID. So mission accomplished. Yes. It's true. You know, <laughs> um, like think about it. 
but this spawned the little thought kernel for a uh, spooky discussion of fat and horror. Um, <laughs> spooky popcorn discussion. So I thought a way to start this off would be um, kind of what was your first experience of seeing fatness in a horror movie? Hmm. Uh, that was a hard question for me because I couldn't think of one right off the top of my head, like from a long mm-hmm. time ago. Yeah. What what's seared into my brain is, and you know me, I'm I'm not a huge fan of horror, but that doesn't spare me from a lot of the trailers that come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think you guys are going to talk about this anyway. But what's seared into my brain is the 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 woman in the shack from that sort of parody horror movie or funny uh, horror Slither movie? Slither. Mm-hmm. That was unnerving, mm. and that's that is just boy. I remember that scene, that or not scene, that image. Yeah, I think the first one for me that I can think of definitively was a character named Pearl from Blade. Oh yeah, oh yeah, which um, I think we also talked about at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the earliest one specifically from a horror movie. Now. I I'm I know that I've seen them in other ones because like every it's one of the slasher victim tropes mm-hmm. of slasher movies is the fat guy, mm-hmm. um, but I honestly I I know that exists. It's I'm not contesting that fact. I can't think of one of those characters because none of them. Oh, they don't they don't have characters. Actually, yeah, yeah, they didn't really have <laughs> yeah. characters. They're just sort of like fat doofuses that eat or drink eat and or drink a lot. Um, and inappropriately, and then die sort of some humiliating death that usually capitalizes on their fatness in some way. Let me throw this out there. I think I didn't watch a lot of horror movies as a kid. Most of the movies I've watched have been in my 20s. Um, And I think, granted, this isn't exactly a horror movie. It's more of a comedy that has horror tropes. But Shaun of the Dead has Nick Frost playing um, sort of supporting the first supporting character in uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, fat actor, awesome fat actor. And uh, granted, he is playing kind of the like, you know, buffoonish friend, but he still has an actual arc and he has a real part to play. And he, I mean, spoilers for basically all of the movies we're going to talk about. Just just know that spoilers. Um, yeah, <laughs> he has like he kind of survives through the end of the movie. I mean, he gets bitten by a zombie, but he also still keeps his his place and gets to continue being a zombie as a friend <laughs> our friend is a zombie um so I, I mean there's something there in that he's playing a real character mm-hmm. i think um i had to really think because i mean i have seen a ton of horror movies but i really didn't start watching horror movies until i was like in junior high um so i think it was probably scary movie the first scary movie um, when there is hmm. the the character who is the the fat girl who dies um, in a parody similar to I think it was Sarah Michelle Gellar in I don't know if it's the first scream or the second scream, but the joke is she's trying to get away and she gets stuck in the dog door that's mm. in the garage door, second. and then the the killer is uh, in the movie. He tur- he lifts the garage door and the character gets decapitated, but she's fat. So then, like the garage door breaks, like the motor explodes, and I don't remember it, but I just remember it was <laughs> mocking the garage door death. And the joke is like, she's fat, yeah, right. She can't. Um, and I was actually like, the the scene has to end with her stuck inside the garage door doggy door, but she can't even get into it to get into place to then die in it. Yes, that's the um, that yeah. death in in the scary movie you're talking about is sort of emblematic of the way fat people are usually used in horror movies. Like yes, but you know they die because they can't fit through a window or that sort of thing, or yes. they can't it's, run away, or yeah. yeah, they just right. So um, that brings us down to sort of the question is how is fat used in horror movies and how is it presented? Now I think it's an interesting conversation to have, especially because with uh, something Dan brought up with the Slither movie. There in in the movie Slither, there's this enormous woman who's being kept in a shed, and the guy keeping her is just stuffing her full of food, and uh, she's getting enormous and more enormous. Now the the thing is that that should be pointed out, she's not getting fat in that movie. She is pregnant. She is yes. filling up with these alien life forms that she eventually bursts, and it's sort of like I feel like there needs to be a distinction made. 
or an acknowledgement made that like pregnancy, body change, horror and fat horror, they're different, but they're often tied. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. large and having something inside you is not something that's that strange in horror movies, you know, going for like basket case. I think if I recall correctly, has this mutant thing he's carrying around in his belly. I feel like kind of some things that split the difference between like fat person is monster and fat is horror. Like, um, and even, I mean, kind of fat people as victims, like, uh, silence of the lambs, um, Buffalo bill is targeting fat women because their skin is more suited for his needs of making a lady suit. That's, that's the first category, right? Yeah. Is fat person is victim. Yes. Right. Uh, so the, the, the fat guys in the slasher movies, mm-hmm. fat women in uh, silence of the lamb lambs, um, they are usually early to mid movie deaths. Yeah. Usually, uh, they usually don't make it into the final few minutes. Um, I can't think of any movie where a fat person is the final girl or the final guy or. I mean, silence of um, the lambs. Technically, though, the one who's in the well, I mean, but you could almost argue that like she's say like by the end of the movie, she's lost weight because he's starving her in the well. So, yeah. Well, and also she's a MacGuffin. She's not actually a character. Yeah, like it's very hard to come up with any character detail about her besides that her skin is soft and supple and good for a fat suit. I don't know. I will. I will argue that the the scene before we see her kidnapped with her singing American Girl in the car (laughs) <laughs> is i yeah, i mean i remember that scene know. just because it's such a like i mean they they can't give her that like there's a whole lot going on in that movie but i think that is a great way to establish her as like that's just a little glimpse into who she is she's human they yeah. they humanize her that, which is another rarity yeah like, you often don't <laughs> see fat people humanized in horror movies mm-hmm. um the, their entire identity is tied up with being fat usually they're eating or drinking constantly mm-hmm. Like even more so than comedies. Mm-hmm. But uh So here's my question though. What about movies that use horror as a a secondary genre next to comedy? Like like I mentioned Shaun of the Dead, and I would say Nick Frost's character is a proper character. His character mm-hmm. is an asshole, but he sort of comes around by the end. He has an arc. Um we also have Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which it's hard to it's not totally a horror movie. Like I would say it's more of a it's comedy. comedy. It's like a more of a romance and a, a comedy. comedy. But by the end, like there are some, like the ending of that movie has a whole horror movie set piece climax to it um, where he outsmarts the bad guy. Um, yeah. For and our listeners out there who guy. enjoy horror and enjoy fat people, Tucker and Dale versus evil. I can't recommend high enough. It's one of the few yeah. movies I can oh, think of yes. where the fat protagonist is genuinely empathetic, uh, a delightfully funny person, um, and the movie itself is just great. So that's nice. Good. Highly and recommend he's not a that. Mary Sue either. It's not like it's it's actually a well balanced part where he actually gets to learn about himself and grow and falls in love and and he gets the girl in the end. Like there's yeah. a lot Wait, of the really, fat guy really, gets the girl. He gets the girl in the end. Wow, that's, that's the whole great. part of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's not just a like slapped on thing. The the relationship of the between the fat guy and the girl is the entire impetus. It of the is movie. the movie? Mm. Yeah, that's why I say it's not yeah. exactly. Have you a not seen it, movie. Dan? No. Oh, Dad. Well, yeah. You're, remember, I'm. I want to watch it with you. Remember, I'm the I'm the guy representing the listener who has no idea what you're talking about. I totally <laughs> want to watch it. I would totally want to watch it with you. Um, that's a joy. But again, it in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, the fat guy is still technically just he's the victim. Right. Um, although he is a much more sympathetic and likable victim than any of the other fat characters I can think of. So you have fat person as the victim and then you have fat person as the victim miser, which you see okay. less, but is but does exist. Yes. Um, and uh, it's I okay. would I even argue that it's sort of on the upswing a little bit. I So I just I've been so excited to talk about this because so when kind of doing this dive into fat and horror. Um, there is a movie called Criminally Insane, which was it's called Criminally Insane. It was originally um, Crazy Fat Ethel, which then uh, there was a group of people that remade the movie in 2018. Um, 
And it is about a woman that uh, a fat woman that's in an insane asylum. She comes out and her family puts her on a diet and she just immediately starts killing them, which I mean, (laughs) honestly, based on the trailer, based on the trailer. Yes. Based on the trailer. Um, the, the original crazy fat Ethel is available on YouTube. I mean, it is a, you know, seventies indie horror. So it is, it's the pacing is different. (laughs) I watched the trailers for both of them. And actually it was an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. In the first one, it looks very much exactly like Trevor's describing, yes. like, put me on a diet, hack, 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 hack. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just sort of like, it's it presented sort of, uh, the trailers presented almost from like the victim's point of view, mm-hmm. where this crazy fat lady's killing them. The trailer for the new one, I, I don't know what the movie's like, but based on the trailer, it looks a little bit more like it's from her perspective. Mm. Well, and I like, think part of, part of that is in the remake, the character playing Ethel is one of the producers of the movie. Oh, interesting. Um, and this actress, Dixie Gers, plays Ethel. She was a producer, and she also, uh, I think, like wrote, directed, and starred in a short called Piggy. Hmm. Um, and Piggy is, uh, the description is, in a perfect world, everyone would be accepted for the way they look. But this is not a perfect world. This is her world. The world of Piggy. Picked on, bullied, used, and abused. Hell hath no fury like when Piggy is scorned. Um, and the poster is her kind of in like, um, like kind of rockabilly vibes with her hair up, a pig mask, a knife, and she's in lingerie. Um, I, I'm very curious to like a fat woman's perspective on both of those kind of concepts. Well, I think what you're saying is it's, it's kind of it's interesting and maybe even innovative for a fat person to make a movie about how being fat in the world feels like you're living in a horror movie. Yes. Hmm. But that's a really good example of fat as victimizer. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a couple others we came up with. We saw this uh, Glutton for Punishment movie. uh, Glutton Glutton for Punishment also. Once again, I'm confused. It was they kickstarted it. It failed. They did Indiegogo. And I think it's still in production. Mm -hmm. But they have a trail. I think they just maybe shot a trailer. That's not uncommon when you're looking for funding. um, Mm -hmm. It is... I I will watch I would watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um this is where he basically gets revenge on all the people who've made fun of him for being fat or Yes. Like, yeah. You know, and you could even argue like so we've we've talked about the movie Thinner before. Yes. Which is problematic. Um you could argue that he's the victim in that, but you could also argue that when he's fat, he's the victimizer. He's he's mean to somebody. Mm-hmm. But I um, wonder when when you talk about fat as victimizer, there's unlike say, I don't know, I don't think that a lot of people, I mean, I'd be wrong. Again, again, it's not my genre. Do people have sympathy for Freddy Krueger? Do people have uh, for, do people have sympathy for Mike Myers? Oh, the poor kid. I think that what may be different as fat as the abuser is that, or a victimizer, is that we see all this horrible behavior coming out of horrible abuse. And is that normal in a horror movie? When the character is explored? Yes. Like, uh, in some later versions of Freddy Krueger, it was sort of implied that, well, it was applied through most of the movie that he was innocent. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you find out, oh, no, he wasn't. But, you know, like it sort of sets up sympathies for some of these characters. Um, a lot of the classic slasher movies start with the character's trauma as a child and then flash mm-hmm. forward. And you don't know who the adult child is until the end, but mm-hmm. you know why they're killing people, that sort of thing. Um, fat is not always sympathized. Um, there are fat monsters in some in some movies, and those fat monsters are just as faceless and awful as the rest. Would that be like um, Pearl in uh, Blade? Pearl in Blade is a good example. Uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Uh, yes, uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Up. There's um, uh, so in Thirteen Ghosts there are these thirteen um go the ghosts <laughs> um <laughs> that it's like, and 13 ghosts how many ghosts are there 13 um no but they represent this thing called like the dark zodiac and all of the ghosts actually have all these really complicated backstories that they don't go into in the movie but the the character of uh what is it the the great child in 13 ghosts it's this like giant fat baby kind of that's was spoiled by his mother and is all corrupt and because he was coddled and blah 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 and just, oh dear um but i mean the silver lining is they don't really go into that too much in the movie 
no, because that's that's the end of it. If you if you if you're kind yeah. to your children, they'll be fat and weak. Is the message? Yeah. Or there's the other example. Um, and now, unfortunately, I'm blanking. It's Tales to Tell in the Dark. Michael, uh, we the, saw that a while back. The Pale Lady is the the Pale Lady and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Sc- thank you. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Like it's just an ominous figure. No lines, no character background. And she's just this fat lady that's always down this long hallway walking slowly towards you. Um, I mean, she's kind of scary looking. I feel like she also just kind of looks like a fat old lady. But but does she have a knife, a chainsaw, a hand? Very still, very unarmed and just always approaching. And when you watch it in context... I thought it was terrifying. I interesting. Well, was it was impressed. terrifying because it's the the character is trying to escape this sort of large empty building, like long hallways, like an asylum or something. Um, and every corner he turns, she's at the other end of the hallway, walking closer to him. But like every he turns back around to go the other way, and she's there walking closer toward him. And so, like no matter which hallway he goes down, she's still making progress closer to him until eventually he gets trapped and she just sort of envelops him slowly until he's gone. Is her being fat integral in any way or is it just that's what she looks at? So she she consumes him basically if you want to look at it that way. um, I mean she just sort of like scary stories to tell in the dark the the character is based off of an illustration from the book um, which I think is an amazing job of like transferring this uh, very stylized illustration by Stephen Gamel. Uh, and just to round out the collection, I think to me, one of the more iconic fat characters in horror, as far as victimizers go, is a character called Butterball from mm. the Hellraiser series. Um, there are these sort of three or four iconic demon characters called, they call the Cenobites. Mm. Um, and, he is large and uh, basically looks sort of like a man slug heavily into S&M, like all of them do. <laughs> but he's not like the fact that he's fat is the thing that identifies him, but it's not necessarily something that characterizes him as far as I can tell. He's but he's generally portrayed as just just as terrifying as the rest of them. Um, in a sort of sleek foreboding sort of way rather than ha ha the funny fat guys coming Mm. for you but so with those few exceptions we've talked about i would agree with dan's earlier observation that it does seem like fat characters in horror movies even when they're the victimizer they're they're presented with more sympathy because you're supposed to understand where they come from while simultaneously being disgusted by who they are yeah because i i think they're even if you're in something even if you're in the schlockiest, cheapest horror movie, there is still the expectation that people know that fat people get shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of whether you, how much the filmmaker wants to sympathize with that or simply use it as a motivator. Uh, like, you know, where it's going to be as facile as, well, the guy in prison wants revenge on the guy who put him in prison. And that's as far as we're going to deal with mm-hmm. it. Or whether it's a whole family backstory and things like that. But I, I, I think... I think what's different is that nobody in a regular slasher film, there's not an assumption that the slasher was a was a a, a, a poor young a poor young child. Whereas with uh, with fat people, there is this. It's in the zeitgeist that fat people are abused, and that's nece- and that's part of the movie, and that's part of the character. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. So there was one um, movie. On the list, it's actually it's a short that's part of an anthology, and I'm curious to how you guys would categorize it. It's called um, X is for XXL, which because it's ABCs of horror, um, and it's you know it's super short. It's like six minutes, and it's a woman, a fat woman, and she's you know kind of inundated with all of these you know the 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 culture, the ads, the you know uh, telling her that her body is wrong. And she ends up carving up her body um, to, you know, the perfect ideal form. Carving her body into the shape of a supermodel. And of course, it's horrific. Yes. And I mean, at the the end is, spoiler, I mean, we already covered the spoilers. Uh, She is, you know, just a gory mess, but she is just so happy 
that, that she has thin. that she's yeah. thin and you know perfect now um and i feel like it's just kind of i mean everything it's fat people as victim it's body horror it is i mean i guess it's it's she's victimizing herself mm-hmm. um i think that's a good example of, of what i started setting up way back at the beginning of this conversation of the comparison to pregnancy horror where I think we see fatness being used as a way to convey horror over losing control of your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, since being fat is supposed to be a bad thing, uh, the idea of something taking you over and changing you in some way, forcing you to go through changes, is something that I think fat is used for in some of these films. It's just a way to show loss of control. Um, and the terror of that. Well, and that is, that is part of the, the fat person experience of you're, you're held responsible for this thing you cannot control. And what could be more horrible than not being in control of something so personal? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I think fatness is easier for people to comprehend in some ways than losing a limb Mm. uh, because we, everyone has experience of fatness in some way. Um, but not everyone has experience of knowing someone who's lost a limb or losing a limb themselves. Well, there's a really important distinction there too. Losing a limb, nobody gets blamed for that. Nobody, nobody's like, ah, oh, look at all limbless over there. Like, there's, there's not a lot of, <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, a blame and uh, there's not a lot of blame associated with that. However, the assumption, if you're fat, is of course it's your fault because whose fault would it be? And mm-hmm. same thing with pregnancy, it's your fault. If you did this. If it yes, if it's yeah. seen as negative, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So with those things, I think uh, it gets tied into you know the classic form of body horror. Uh, in in horror speak, means something taking over a portion of your body, your body being changed in some way against your will, something mm-hmm. living inside your body, all of which can be applied to uh, the role we've seen that fat people are used in horror movies as far as sort of supernatural aspects go. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something worth sort of understanding when you walk into these things that sometimes in the, I'll say in the screenwriter's brain, it wasn't, it doesn't always about just being fat. Well, mm-hmm. and I think something that's particularly insidious about the the film that Trevor was talking about, is it XXL, Trevor? Uh, X is for XXL. X is for XXL because it's, it's, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, What's particularly insidious and smart about it is that one of the things it relies on as a source of horror is that it's one thing if this awful, if you're undergoing this, you know, the person who's the person in the horror movie who's strapped to a chair and terrible things are being done to them. But what's insidious about X is for XXL is that it's inside her own mind. She's doing it to herself Mm -hmm. because the trauma that's been inflicted on her is now part of her brain. It's part of, uh, it, it's this sort of self-immolation on the altar of beauty. And I think that's what makes it really more incisive and clever than a lot of other treatments we've seen. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just one other quick observation that this is a bit of a tangent to the conversation. Fat characters in other genres have undergone transformations when things are readapted, right? So Kingpin, Ursula from the... Uh, the Little Mermaid, uh, the Penguin from the Batman movies, mm-hmm. all of them in later iterations have been portrayed increasingly thin as the mm. as those things have gone popular, right? So in the in the latest Daredevil movies, yes, Kingpin is fat, but he's not fat like he was in the comics back in the day. Ursula was re-portrayed as a thin model-esque woman when they started trying to sell makeup to little kids, branded mm. around the villains. Uh, the penguin in Gotham mm-hmm. and the the newest iterations of the penguin all have him as a thin person. Um, a lot of movies mm-hmm. that have um, fat characters, uh, should they be remade? I'm curious to see. Yeah, like being fat is so intrinsic to some of these characters. Will they try and do away with that too? Well, I think I'm that curious. brings up a really interesting question because, um, I mean, I guess you could use the penguin or any number of these. Let's say you're doing Gotham and you are casting a young, you're, you're looking for the young penguin, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's Gotham. Uh, are you, is it good to make penguin slim or thinner because we don't want it to be about being fat? We don't want it to be, well, he's obviously a villain. Look how fat he is. 
or is it a betrayal of the character because there are fat people in the world and fat is part of their identity and now you've changed that? I'm kind of seeing the double-edged sword here. I didn't think too much about it because when I watched it, I got to say, I was when I watched Gotham, I was super impressed by the actor. I oh, thought yeah, sure, he did. Sure. I, but I mean, I'm just yeah. using that because I'm most familiar right. with it and I'm not very familiar with a lot of what we're talking about. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, um, so but but so is it is it good that we're demonst demonstrifying fatness or is it a betrayal of identity because, hey, that's a fat character and you took him away? I would argue that the younger versions. I'm sorry, Trevor, I interrupted you. Uh, no, you can go ahead. I'll, I'll go after you. I would argue that those portrayals of younger characters that are humanizing them. What better time to have a humanized fat person? Like, you can't say that they were human before they were fat and then turn them into monsters when they are fat. Like, I would like to see a character that I have accepted is a way that I am represented in the Batman universe. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see that reflection throughout the character in some way, rather than when he was nice, he was thin. Thinner. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? That his monstrosity grows with his waistline. Yeah. Um, I would argue that. We can have thin versions of these, you know, iconically fat characters if we can have fat versions of previously iconic or just, ah, you know, just like normal like characters. Like Thor. Yeah, yeah like uh, Thor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. That makes sense mm -hmm. to me. I would, I, would, I would accept that. So as we wander off the topic, I just wanted to leave people with one viewing suggestion. If you want to see some fat scares in a, with that shows a really positive fat character that you can feel good about on every level, uh, check out American Horror Story Coven. Mm. Uh, oh, yes. yes. Gabourey Sidibe in that is this wonderful character who her the, the, the difficulty she has in the beginning is not purely because of her weight. Mm -hmm. Her journey to power is not weight-oriented specifically. Um, and the character is just a great character nailed mm -hmm. by the actress and that character is one of the very few that actually crossed between the different seasons so yes. it's worth checking out and i think she i think it's a really good way to feel good about fat inclusion in horror i i think that's an excellent recommendation yeah yeah and also just as a side note kathy bates also appears in that season as a fat mm -hmm. character and it's wonderful yes um nice. i i want to give a quick shout out just to it was on our list we didn't really talk about it um camp massacre aka <laughs> fat camp massacre aka fat chance um which is a slasher mm -hmm. movie that takes place at a camp where they're filming a all-male weight loss competition um it doesn't look great but i think it is fun <laughs> because it is the like i think like chub chaser equivalent of um i don't know i Big booby camp massacre. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy your horror movies this Halloween. Do we yes. have a tip? Uh, yes. Um, my, it's a it's a simple tip. Stay spooky, stay safe, and vote. Um, it's a. <laughs> I'm tired of saying it's a weird year. Just stay home, <laughs> except if you're going to go vote. Eat some candy. Dress vote up the, like Michael. <laughs> vote the orange goblin away. <laughs> Yes. All right. We are ready for our bit. Yes, please. Okay. So there are six archetypal trope characters that appear in every horror movie in one way or another. Okay. Okay. We are going to make big fat gay podcast, the horror movie. Oh no! <laughs> and we need to cast one of us in each of these six roles. Okay. Okay. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe one of the tropes. We'll go through it. I'll give all of you a second to think about it. Once everybody has locked in their answers, we will reveal which of the four of us we think will would be best to fill this role. Um, and we will reveal our answers and discuss. Now, best doesn't mean, oh, well, I just think you must be this person. Because frankly, none of these six tropes are flattering. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than you are totally this person. Let's go with, I think it'd be really funny to see you as this person mm. and fun in some way. So the first of the six is the jock. Okay. The guy doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to play sports, but he has certain recognizable personality traits. He's attractive, a little narcissistic, usually not all that bright, macho, strong alpha male. Um, every, the guy that every woman wants and every guy hates. Right. But the thing is, he's sort of a douche. 
He's always a douche. Uh, so when he dies, it's something that's celebrated in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, everyone hates the jock. Okay. Like, okay. The jock is always a dick. I have an answer for this already. If you're, if you're going, I, I, have, okay. I have it. I have is it. Is everyone like Dan? Are you locked in? You I have to I, answer I have someone. One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, on three, everybody say. <laughs> well, well, at the same time. Okay, fine. I'll call a, I'll call a four time. <laughs> everyone ready? All right. Michael. Trevor. Trevor. Dan. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> uh, Michael. And I say Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do we give reasons or no? Yeah, we can discuss it. I, uh, well, I, uh, I thought of Michael just because he's so not that. And it would be just in the same way, like if I were casting something, it can be very interesting to put someone like to cast an actor who is sort of the opposite of the type. Yeah, go expecting. against type. Mm. Well, because it's not mm. just the physical type. It's also the emotional type. Like mm -hmm. Michael is so not that, that it would be just this, this really <laughs> interesting tension for, for him to be in that role. I, Michael actually is the biggest jock out of any shoes. of us. He plays soccer. Well, he is, but he's like not that character type, but he's <laughs> yeah. not that character type. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How about so, you, Trevor? I Why did you go with Dan? So I said Dan, because I am immediately picturing Dan and like, the Letterman jacket with a football <laughs> and be like, sup nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and also just thinking about uh, hearing from Dan's uh, friend from college about like how all the girls were like swooning over him and how he didn't notice. So that like, I kind of thought of that too. <laughs> um, Wait, let me try. Let me try. Sup dudes. <laughs> no, it's sup nerds. Sup nerds. <laughs> yeah for me it was like physically i think he could embody the role mm -hmm. but i think uh the emotional flip on that is hilarious like yes. I, I would love to see dan playing the dumbass jock that would crack me up what um and michael you went with I, trevor yeah i think it should be trevor because he would be like he he would still basically just be trevor um but he'd be like, <laughs> he would be the he'd be the mean jock because he's like sassy and like he's sort of like throwing shade on people um, uh, and he could be playing it could be like sumo he could be like the sumo star of the in high my, school in my like tiny letterman jacket oh, you didn't yeah. tell me it could be porn jeez that's hard. yeah no i think it'd be it'd be perfect he he could totally just because trevor already has the like you know, he's kind of just going to do his own thing. And so he could just do the jock thing his own way. I love and that he's totally he's still... like a letterman on the high school sumo team. And he says, sub, yeah. sub, sub, sub nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next character, number five, the cheerleader. Um, <laughs> in a lot of ways, she's just sort of the female version of the jock. Uh, but whereas the jock is sort of like Mr. Macho Man, she's the one who is most scared of the situation. Uh, she screams a lot and is incredibly <laughs> annoying. And nobody can figure out why anyone ever hang out with her because she's just so incredibly self-centered. Is, isn't she shallow. also the one who's obligated to fall down when pursued? And oh, yes. Become, Classically, become yes. Instantaneously helpless. Mm -hmm. yeah. Although, unfortunately, that is just about every female character in these mm -hmm. things. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> so so like, the, like the jock, she's the object of desire. Or uh, envy, except flipping genders, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but because of her screaming and because how ineffectual she is in the movie, uh, she is the only person to get almost as many cheers when she dies as the jock. I can go two ways on this. Hmm. I already have the, yeah, I have my answer for this one. All right. Dan, are you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay, Dan, who are you going with? Um, it, it was a, it was a toss up because it was either you or Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... I don't know. I th I think it might be Trevor because he has this gift to be annoying in that way sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, true gift. And I think, yeah, I can I can really see him. I don't know. I'm sort of I'm sort of imagining this Penelope pit stop. You know, help, help, <laughs> and getting stabbed and like my boob. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who are you thinking? Uh, I'm going with you, Don. I think, but I think it would be funny because it would be like you would, again, I'm sort of imagining this as like all of us still basically just being us. Um, so I think you would, it would almost be the like self referential, like you're trapped in the cheerleader role. And oh, that's you're sort great. Of obligated <laughs> to do the tropes and you know it and I'd you're self aware. So, like, you kind of have this, like, as the serial killer, like, turns to face you after murdering somebody, and it's that moment you kind of, like, 
and then you scream <laughs> and then you run and then you fall and hit the ground and then we just cut to Don's he like rolls his eyes and then he gets up and that's I'm, keep going I love I, I almost like it's like like it's the the continuity person or the grip who's been impressed into this role because they lost an actor uh-huh. for the shooting day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, is, exactly. Is this where I scream? Really? Now? Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, is that good? Fine. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I think it could be hilarious exactly. if I was cast as like the stunt person for the cheerleader and then she quit. <laughs> so they just stuck me in the dress and they're making me do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trevor, who are you going with? I also picked Don because I like, I'm picturing Don in like a, you know, the like white, turtleneck sweater with like this i don't know an r like a riverdale r on it <laughs> and like the skirt and like he's like flirting with all the jocks but he's taller than them <laughs> and like he's taller than the serial killer <laughs> and just this like and like this high-pitched shriek <laughs> it's just very satisfying in my mind <laughs> Is it weird that I'm like really into these descri- like I love this. <laughs> I went with Trevor for pretty much the same reason. I just want to see Trevor in the little cheerleader mini skirt. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it Climbing to the top of the pyramid. <laughs> all right. The next role. The nerd slash stoner. Uh-huh. Um, there always has to be the character. He's sort of the outsider, but he hangs around with the, the cool kids. Um, this is often also the fat guy. That's that's very often the same role. This one, he can be the comic relief, but he's sort of disconnected from reality, either because he's sort of too smart to see himself in it, or he's too stoned to accept that he's sort of in it. Um, he's also sort of usually the most likely just to give up halfway through. Um, <laughs> we're all gonna die, man. We're all gonna die. <laughs> but interestingly enough, the nerd slash stoner is also one of the only ones in horror movie tropes that the character that the audience sympathizes with. Mm. He's usually the only person that's nice that actually has a character um, that people feel connections to. Also, um, a lot of times we'll figure it out. I'm figure sorry? out what's going on. A lot of times we'll also figure out what's going on before anyone else. Yeah, and then immediately forget but it because stoned. Mm-hmm. Or actually, usually they they're made a Cassandra by everyone around them. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Tell them exactly what's happening yeah. and no one listens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I have I, my I, answer. I have my answer, but too. I'm not sure. I'm, can I yeah, pick myself? I, I was going to say, it's got to be Dan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did anyone here not pick Dan? Okay. So we're all in for, for Dan. Dan is the, Dan, even, Dan is the even nerd Dan picked Dan. That says something. I like picturing Michael as the stoner because he has his like swoopy 90s dreamboat <laughs> hair, hair, but I'm picturing it as like uh-huh. dreadlocks and like Michael and like the... The rough sweater with like a little joint. Well, add to that the fact that his eyes turn into slits when he's drunk. Mm. <laughs> it's just awesome. <laughs> it's like the, uh, there's something I like. Wait, wait, wait. You all picked me, but you're all talking about him. How come? I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, well, we have two, we have kind of two I flavors. Pick Michael I think as you're the stoner. The nerd, if it was the nerd, I'm I would the stoner. pick you. But my, I like Michael as the stoner. Just like. Hey, hey, hey. I am not a nerd. I am a dork. Oh, this is no, you're a that's nerd. something a nerd would say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, you're a nerd. No, I, I, no. My, my Trevor corrects Dan, people all Dan the time. Dan is definitely a dork. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nerds I know am, about pop culture. <laughs> I am sort of dreading this one, but we'll see how this goes. Uh, the next one, number three on this countdown to number one, the token minority. Um, mm. Wow. So uh, it's... In a cast full of Caucasian characters, there always seems to be one character from another race uh, to provide a little diversity, but doesn't have any other defining character trait. They're usually early to die in the movie and no one really cares. Uh, They don't suffer much because they don't have fear of anticipation. They never get a chance to know what's going on. Um, Usually, this is just sort of a blanket thing. I I have an answer for this one. Let's see. The it should be noted the minority can also occasionally be the stoner or nerd. That that does happen sometimes. I my answer for this one is none of us kill the minority token trope and have minorities play all the roles. That uh, no, I want to be the token white guy (laughs) and be the first one to die. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I I agree with both of you. I put uh, Michael as the token white guy in the production. (laughs) I mean, I'm from the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number two in our countdown, the nice guy. This is our main male character. Uh, he's usually the main girl's love interest, but sometimes can be a brother or a friend. Um, he's always best friends with a jock, though no one knows why. 
but he's often the voice of reason. He's sort of the normal one. Uh, we get to root him on and he is the second most likely to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first most likely? Well, I guess that might be number one on our list. Oh, mm-hmm. once we get there. Yeah. So uh, let's see. He is he is not the asshole. Who do we have cast? Well, that rules role? me out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who is I our would, nice guy? Think on it. I think we all know it's Michael. He's yeah, just it's so Michael. sweet. Yeah, it's Michael. <laughs> I thought we were casting against type. <laughs> Only we if are. we want. To. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he's the one. Like everyone's. Like I think everyone's hoping Michael's gonna live and it seems like he does and then like a pipe goes through his chest and he's like oh it's like the the really upsetting final death <laughs> yeah that's that's, that's that literally the defining trait of that that part he's the only one you feel bad when when they die like oh like oh no he's the nice we wanted them to be together well my opinion is <laughs> god we'll never right. know his opinion <laughs> number one on the list this is the character that all of our dedicated horror fans saw coming from a mile away. The mm. Virgin slash the <laughs> last girl. Uh, she's the one who's subtly smart, uh, subtly pretty, uh, sweet and liked by everybody. Um, she doesn't actually have to be a virgin, but she's like way nicer and sort of like more sexually conservative. She's pure Let's of go heart. with that, you know. But she's the one who finds her strength over the course of the movie. And mm. usually after everyone else is dead, finally gets her ass gets off her ass and does something. So <laughs> I have an answer for this. I have an answer oh, for this. Goodness. Dan, <laughs> we're waiting on you. I think our answers um, are related. Sure. I guess. Yeah. I guess All right, Trevor, lead us off. It's Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is the Lizzo horror movie. And I she kills him by like jamming her flute into his head and then playing and his head swells up like a balloon. I could see that. She stabs him in the head with a flute and then she twerks him to death, just slamming his house. Hey, well, well, to the ground blow, no, she has to blow no, too. Well, she has to showcase oh, wow. her flute playing skills. That's right. Oh, jam the flute in there and then blow into it to inflate his head. Yeah. And, and, she, exactly. and she can twerk while she does it. She could. Nice. nice. <laughs> she really could. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Dan, who are you feeling as our, our virgin last girl? Oh, I think it's you. Um, I think it's Don. <laughs> I don't know. I yes. have no idea why. I I think maybe it goes with the, the put upon crew member who has to fill in. <laughs> who's like, okay, fine. I'll take care of all this. <laughs> like, I, I will clean that. up your mess. <laughs> I love it. And Michael. I think it should be Trevor for basically the exact same reason as the jock where it's like, he's like, oh, I'm such a virgin over here. I hope nobody tries to make out with me. Oh, I have, I've been a virgin all today. <laughs> <laughs> he's like twirling his ponytail is, is the like, kind of reveal when it's like the killer's about to commit it's like actually I'm a huge slut and then like I I drop kick them and they fall on their knife or something <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I'm in agreement with Michael I think Trevor would make a great last girl that's great so there you go now you know the six Yay. archetypal tropes and they actually do interact the there's a reason why these characters exist and die in the order they do but there you go. <laughs> Thanks for spending Good job. another Good job, hour to 90 minutes with the Big Fat Game yeah. Podcast. Our plus, <laughs> our plus size Halloween special. <laughs> yeah. uh, family fun sized. Yes, family. No, fun size isn't fun, though. Fun no, size is Family fun size means entire bag of them. Fun size you just know, means serving. disappointing. Yeah, but you got to unwrap all of those. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, to admit, at one point, I was like, I want chocolate, well, I but I'm not buying Hershey's yeah. Kisses because I don't want to unwrap them all. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> like, like Trevor always says, pants just slow him down. Yeah. Oh, my God. We ran into an absolute tragedy the other night. We uh, uh, didn't want to go out and so ordered some Halloween candy. And uh, the Postmates lady got there and was like, you know, the bag that you ordered with like Reese's and Twix and Snickers wasn't available. So I got one with all Hershey's. No. <laughs> Why? Why? Like it's the just worst kind. Give me my money back I, at that I, point. I thought it was going to be worse, though. I thought it was going to be. So I just got you this really big bag of hard candies. 
I mean, that no, could it's be worse, grandma's it's violet barely. candies just for you. No, it's uh, going to be the weird, no brand orange and black wrapped, like <laughs> wax wrapped taffy that doesn't really taste like anything. Oh, yeah. Like slightly oh, peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us your favorite Halloween candy on all of our various social medias. We're on Twitter and Instagram at, at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. See all the stuff we talked about today there. Leave us five stars on Facebook, Apple, and Stitcher. Have a happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay! Maybe you have your family fun-sized bag of candy as you're listening to this, and you're just kind of mindlessly unwrapping and popping in pieces, and you unwrap <laughs> one, and it has a little face on it, and the <gasps> eyes open. And it's Michael, and he says, No, don't eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Halloween, More spooky sound effects here. (laughs) Thunder.